Well, let's let's talk, we don't need to name names, but let's talk about this specifically. Yep. Um, we're at the uh, we're at the Libertarian Convention. Yep. Is this your first convention? No, this is my second convention. The first one was um, New Orleans. I got extremely too hammered in New Orleans. It's New Orleans. And um, I, some of the guys, you know, we, we floated around and um, we went bar hopping. We went on a bar crawl. It was the stupidest thing I ever did in my <laughs> life. But, the, but that convention was very, um, it was put together very well, meaning the amount of different types of energies. That's the Libertarian Party in general. You got four or five different types, you know, don't quote me too hard on a number of types, but it's different types all under one tent. Yeah. And so um, that was my first libertarian convention and uh i mean I, I was on i did a panel with adam kokesh and then i was with mike heiss and then i was with at that time sarwark and it was just these different people that um have differing views on some issues but all under one thing and i remember thinking then like man if we could be a cohesive unit the duopoly will get fucking frightened very fast you know, and um, this is the same. Like, I, you know, we can yell at people and fight in the house like we were talking about. We can yell at each other and fight in the house, but when we go to fuck outside, it's, every, it's liberty versus every fucking thing else. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, hopefully this, this convention will have that same energy of that clash of ideas in a civil and respectful way, but we still advance in the cause of liberty. It's kind of like, I, I like the analogy of, of how the rest of society is supposed to work if we're free. Like all of us are so different mm. in many ways, and you you could break down, like you said, fourteen categories. But there's yeah. there's millions of categories yeah. because we all got different agendas. We come from different places. But it strikes me that that libertarianism is that one place where we not only tolerate all of that, but we we celebrate it. Like yeah. we're all different, but that's not a problem. That's right. a strength. I think when you it's like knowledge itself, right? When I first got knowledge itself, I was angry. When I say knowledge itself of, I mean, as a melanated being that some would identify as African-American in this land, right? When you see how much government and, um, you know, the education system has lied. When you see like, yo, they bombed. And it, like, I remember when they dropped a bomb, like a fire bomb in Philly, the government did that from a helicopter. Um, and then as men, women, and children were coming out of there to move on, like the police were shooting them. The fact that that's not in school books and then you start learning all this other stuff and you're like, oh wait, so Christopher Columbus wasn't the guy? Like, yo, dude was like, like vicious. And you start learning that and it's like, yo, you're angry. Not only because you recognize that you've been lied to, but you're also recognizing that it's a, it's a, it's a wool being pulled over your eyes, right? When you come into libertarianism in the beginning, a lot of libertarians are so angry and they keep evolving into spaces where they're like, oh, well, that's just how they view it. As long as their views don't. Now, in principle, in theory, we say this is how we are generally. But in the beginning, you know, when you run burning hot, you running hot, you, you're that angry. And if it's not exactly this type of libertarianism, then you're a status. And that's not really the case, you know. Um, when, they, when most people do evolve to that point in liberty, it is that 
understanding of, yo, they just view it different. Then that becomes dangerous. Because freedom can make you complacent, because you're like, well, you're doing your thing, I'm gonna do my thing. That's cool until the other person that may not have that same evolved view wants the shit that you got. Yeah. And they're willing to litigate and create legislation to make you an outlaw for having the shit that you got. So that's when it becomes that, that level of respect for freedom becomes potentially a poison. Too much of anything is a trap. That love for freedom, like, you know how bad I wanna just buy a house like in Wyoming and just like hang out? Like with acres. Check out. I'm good, y'all can, y'all got it, which is freedom. Yeah. Up until I don't express my voice or others like us don't express our voice for liberty and then the ground underneath us shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. Libertarianism is the only place that I've currently been or the thought process that I've been a part of that makes room for that level of going through that process. You know what I mean? Most people are gonna go from you know, whatever gradation, at some point you're gonna have that lowercase l, that big case l, that ANCAP, that anarchist, you're gonna have all of that if you keep evolving. Where it becomes dangerous is if after your evolution, you then um, forget that there are not people that understand freedom and liberty the same way, and they haven't even grown into the understanding of that beginning phase of liberty. So they're still like, yeah, um, if I don't have a gun, you shouldn't have one, and the police are okay to have one. They're, we get so comfortable in liberty that we forget. Like, yo, there's people out here actively trying to do that. And so um, it is, li libertarianism for me, um, as an as a, as a ideology and a political party, does create that space. You just gotta have some thick skin to deal with the people that are even if they're in powerful positions in the party, they still have not necessarily evolved to that thought process of don't be angry at everyone's not the super purist. Yeah, it, it strikes me that, that we're still, like libertarians are still in their, their youth where it is all that rage, like mm. um, the, true libertarians, capital T, yeah. capital L. Yeah. Um, they're like Keanu Reeves, they just pulled the cord out of the back of their neck and they realize that the world is not <laughs> the way they thought it was, yeah. and they're, they're pissed. Yeah. Um, but to me, the, the philosophy of libertarianism, you gotta get past the rage and, 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 and anger about what government power has done to people and start telling the story about, about the beautiful things that happen yeah. when people are free. I call it beautiful chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these guys sort of prove that point again right. and again. There's lots of chaos, but right. it's kind of beautiful the way people get to figure stuff out when they're left alone. Absolutely, and I think that Again, going back to that racism conversation, because it's like, you know, again, melanated being in America, our nation has a history of racism. That's like, it's there, bro. I used to, as you know, I used to rob people. Sorry, bro, I just didn't get caught. It happened. That doesn't clean my karma up, though, if you believe in that sort of thing. What cleans your karma up is acknowledging it and solving it and like correcting it. Clean, get them sand scars, your, your life right, right? Um, based on not no longer violating people and so forth and so on, whatever your belief system, those tenets are there. But in the beginning, yo man, you see how, the answer really though is not to point it to your fellow neophyte or a person that's totally unaware, to use the Keanu Reeves the example, Matrix example, the answer is going, 
wait, the state was doing this shit to all of us. It's like when people had a conversation, oh, black lives matter, all lives matter. None of your fucking lives matter to the state. Outside of the extent that it can use you as a battery. And that's it, juice you for continuously enslaving. That's what the state does. That's that nebulous energy that we identify as the state. When you start getting to that point, you start to recognize shit like, yo, even racism had to be sanctioned, supported, and made legitimate by the state. It had to. Like, otherwise, naturally, people would just, like, congregate and go, this guy's cool. He's got great tattoos. I got tattoos. That's cool. Is he an asshole or is he, like, cool? All right, boom. The state goes, because then there's assholes on both sides. And they go, yeah, you shouldn't fucking, yeah, his tattoos are cool, but, you know, he's a fucking white dude. Like, or, yeah, his tattoos are cool. He's a fucking Purple Rain t-shirt on, but fucking he's a black dude. Now, the state has to legitimize that bullshit in order to enforce it. Otherwise, motherfuckers just go, he's cool, he's cool, or he's an asshole, he's an asshole, she's an asshole, she's an asshole, and they, boom. Your tribe is your tribe. There's nothing wrong with the tribalism when it's understood and respected on the other thing, going back to that other point. But the state comes in and goes, hey, man, let's legitimize your fucking hate. Yeah, let's fucking, yeah, this Jim Crow. Like, fuck it. Why? Those niggers should be over there. Fucking kikes, they got to be over there. The state legitimizes that. Fucking spicks, fucking wetbacks. All of that shit is legitimized by the state. All the time. So when those people are in that space and then they start to recognize that, then they go like, oh, shit. You've been, like, puppeteered. And that's when you get to that point of balance of... I respect your view, I respect your freedom, but I'm also going to consistently talk about liberty and share the beautiful things of liberty because you can even understand why it's very important for those things to be preserved. So I feel like I just heard your elevator pitch when you go into urban communities who have never heard about libertarianism. They've, yep. never, they've never realized that the government is the perpetrator, yep. the engineer of the things that keep us apart. Yep. And, and when you explain it that way, you'd be surprised how many times I, you're the race of the person, right? It's the same bing light bulb moment. I've done it a thousand times with individuals. It's like, they go, oh shit. And then they go, yeah man, cause I kinda did like that white dude. Oh yeah, I kinda did like that black dude. I'm in the safe space, so they can say that to me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you were supposed to like them or her cause they're cool. You're not supposed to like that person because they're an asshole. And then they go, damn, that makes much more sense. Government presents itself as the solution. Please stop helping us, government, because you're not helping us. They're only doing it to justify their job, their existence. It's like dudes that like, let's say if we had a standard with hip hop again, right? Like now it's like, oh yeah, we're appreciating people for making money from selling a product. That's free market, cool. You can say whatever goofy shit you want and you've marketed it well and the general public will buy it, outstanding for you for the market. You thought about something, however trivial it was, you packaged it properly and you were able to sell it to people. Catchy as it is, you were able to feed your family. Cool, that's one level. That's not a standard for hip hop though. That's a standard for sales. When that standard comes back, the people that are making money because 
they're good at marketing, and if they can't fucking rap, gotta get a new job, bro. You were never actually good at this thing. You were just good at packaging it and selling it. Same thing with government. Well, what would you do if, you know, the whole road conversation? Yeah, it'd be a private company that makes roads that the same government hires with the money to fucking build the road. Or somebody would be in the neighborhood and be like, hey guys, yo, guys wanna work together to like make all of our driveways smooth? We need a steamroller. Well, who knows how to like build a road? Hey, my uncle does. And then, all right, cool. And then, hey, I, I do this for a living. You guys wanna whatever? Then the government becomes obsolete. It's, they don't make anything. They just take and divide to maintain the job of taking. How many arguments have, have police left around the country? Police were like, yeah, we're out, bro. <laughs> we out. They left. Crime hasn't risen dramatically. I mean, there's been pockets and let media tell it. You go outside, it's a fucking helter skelter, right? but homicide rates haven't went up exponentially. They're showcasing their own uselessness. So when you package it that way to people that have felt, and most poor people, I don't care what your race is, especially in urban demographics, they felt that brunt of government. They just need somebody to explain it to them in a way that shows them like, yeah, you wasn't wrong for liking the cool white dude or liking the cool black dude. You just weren't aware that there was some puppeteer in the middle, Geppetto in the situation, to make you not see that person for who they really actually were. And nine times out of 10, there may be some you know, middlemen in between, but nine times out of 10, it's the state. When you do that in that urban demographic, them light bulbs, you can't, they can't plug back into that matrix. You know, the state and the, the two-party duopoly, and, I, and I'm sort of stealing from Justin Amash here, he, he came out first and early after the murder of George Floyd and said, we have to fix the system that, that empowered that cop right. to kill that black man. Right. And he got, he got, some, he got uh, a Republican, he got some Democrats, but he pointed out that the two parties feed off of the anger and the division, and, they, and he didn't use this word, but like both parties are sort of virtue signaling. And, yes. and, and the right is saying blue lives matter, and the left is saying black lives matter, but any effort to reform I guess we're just a couple weeks out now, and, and now we're, we're toppling statues of abolitionists and, and even going after Frederick Douglass. I mean, what the fuck's going on? It's because everybody wants to be right and doesn't, a lot of people don't value the importance of doing right. Right, because it's such a subjective definition. Because it feels good to, <laughs> right. to, to show off. It's right? like, yeah, this is where my values lie. All right, well, in action, like, Fuck your potential energy, kinetically, like your kinetic thing, what did you actually, you know, do? And it speaks to the level of ignorance. Like you toppled a Frederick Douglass statue, like that dude's like top tier Hall of Fame checklist, like freedom. I wanna ask the guys that did it, like, okay, I know what he did, what did you do? Right, and, and okay, like what to you, what did Frederick, what did Freddie Wap do to you in his historical, like, I don't, I don't know what he did that's like, yeah, tear that fucking statue down. Did you not know who it was? Did you not know, like, did, did the statue look a little too European? You couldn't tell. Did your mind go, 
there's absolutely no way that this is a black dude. Your mind just went, white dude, must be racist, take the statue down. Then on the other side, on the right, it becomes, we gotta defend these statues, all of them, all of them, because it's our history. But you didn't say the same shit when the Saddam Hussein statue was getting toppled. It's a fucking contradiction. Keep that same energy. Or just put a placard next to it and go, this was Saddam, he did this. Or when all the Stalin statues went toppling in the Soviet Union. Yeah, so it's That like, was a good thing. That was a good thing, right? So w when you're talking about generals that were clearly racist, there's a statue in Philadelphia, it's not anymore, of Frank Rizzo. Frank Rizzo was an asshole. Frank Rizzo was a fucking racist, period, period. And he's free to be an, a racist. Cool, you're a racist? I like my racism right open. Oh, you don't fuck with me? Great. I don't fuck with you either. Cool. Let's do a high five because we don't fuck with each other. Frank Rizzo and those type of people are not worthy of statues. My life's work is to get a fucking statue. I want to be so righteous that I'm like, put him next to fucking Frederick. The Damn, do we put him in the same, in the Maryland State House? Do we put him in the same room as fucking Harriet Tubman on this side and fucking Frederick Duck? Where can we put a Mars II race statue? That's where I want to go with it because my deeds and actions have been super righteous. Why the fuck would like Bird, the Klansman, David, D why? Why, what, what the fuck, like, I can even go with guys that had question, founding fathers contradictions, owned humans, some of them, right? But then Thomas Jefferson also kind of fucking wrote this thing that's like fucking amazing. So all right, they do the contradiction there, but I can point to what he did great as well. I can't point to what Frank Rizzo did great. So that conversation, we on both sides have to recognize how fucking contradictory we're being. And then we keep saying, we're not like those guys on the other side. My criminal friends and my police friends are eerily similar, like scary. I'm like, bro, you sound just like my homie that just robbed. Yeah, I took his money off him, he's selling drugs. You're the cop, you're, you're my friend, I love you. You sound just like my man when we used to rob people with drugs. You're the same person, but television told you, nah, because I wear this uniform and they wear that uniform, then we're different. We are walking contradictions. First own it, recognize it, and then go, okay, how can I be less contradictory? I talked to Justin Amash, because um, I wanted to get his perspective as someone that, him and Massey, in those moments, I have tremendous respect for those guys. In those moments, when they say a thing that's like, not lock and step with their side, or either side, I watch both sides, like, try to throw him in a meat grinder. And I'm like, yo, do y'all know Amash was in that seat for like 11, 12 years rumbling? And he's saying like, yo, this, the current Republican Party is about, and this, I'm not quoting him, I'm just, you know, do you like Trump or not? That is not what the, what the party is supposed to be about. Sorry if you don't like it. You know, the left, it's, are you f hating Aunt Donald Trump or not, and, and the Democrats? That's not what the shit is supposed to be about. Then when somebody says it, that they can try to cancel, that has a position, like a Thomas Massey saying, hey, wait a minute, this is the largest wealth transfer in American history. We kind of like gotta be there to vote on it and like record it. Fuck no, I'm not staying in Kentucky at the Shire. 
No, I'm going to drive up there and we're going to deal with this. That's what he's supposed to do. That's like you had one job. Like, that's the job. A couple years ago, that would have been the expected Republican fiscally responsible thing to do. Now it's, oh, we got, we got one grandstander. When Donald Trump said that, in my mind, I promise you, if I'm lying, I'm flying. I knew, I didn't talk to Massey at that time. In my mind, I'm like, oh my God, Massey's going to oppose this. Because he said it. He was like, we might have one grandstander. We may have one. And I'm like, he's talking. And then the next day. I know who that is. And he was like, yeah, no. That's what we're supposed to do. When I'm a person that's saying, when most of my friends are on the left, and I say, yo, bro, do you know what Republican means? You do know that we're in a republic. Do you know that's a part of all of these processes? It doesn't just mean pick that one party. When I say you as a sovereign individual, you are your own republic. Maja, here you go. You're just saying that because Donald Trump Jr. follow you on the grand. No, I'm not. I'm saying it because, like, this nuance and this balance and this history and this reading and this comprehension and this understanding of what a constitutional republic is, the process, the democratic process to defend the individual liberty the reason why that pyramid is a like legislative, executive, and judicial, like, yo, we've got to check everybody. That is objectivity. So we have to, again, those guys like Amash and Massey, both sides will try to like cancel them at a certain point. However, I can't be canceled. You can't cancel me. So I get to say like, Fuck you. I get to tell a donor, a libertarian donor, eat a dick. Then I get made fun of for saying that. And then the person that like, oh, he's problematic, will say to other people, eat a dick. Because I'm right when I say it. Because it's standing on a principle. I'm not, and, and you, I don't got no fucking boss. You can't do nothing to me. And the, the American people don't, in that regard, have to get back to truth. Still respectfully, you ain't got to say eat a dick, you know. But at the same time, like, just truth of like, yo, bro, like, that's wrong. That's right. Regardless of the, of the party, we in the house, I could check my brother. Bro, you wrong. Like, you ate my, like, Hershey's Kiss. That was mine. Don't, like, eat my Hershey's Kiss. Buy me another one. Like, you can, truth is not um, tyranny. Tyranny is. Truth and principles and, and values, these, these things sort of transcend people. Yeah. Because, because we all always, we, we fail those. Yeah those goals and and I, I want to go back to statues for a minute because you said something something really important and I'll, I'll give you my take and, and get your reaction because I, I think there's a pretty bright line between Rizzo and some some Confederate general that that stood for all the wrong things mm-hmm. and they were put up for all the wrong reasons they were they were put up specifically to to um, continue government segregation of people mm-hmm. and that's that's easy like tear that shit down. Right. But they're tearing down Thomas Jefferson yeah. and George Washington and Frederick Douglass. They're going after the Lincoln statue. Um, and, and if you apply that principle to other people, yeah. they're going after Gandhi. Yeah. Um, I guess they're going to go after MLK next. I don't know, because the logic of it is that person was flawed. Mm. Um, but Washington, he did one thing that mattered. He gave up power. Yeah. Jefferson did one thing that mattered. He came up 
with this radical idea that people were more important than government. Right. Lincoln did one important thing. He, Lincoln said all sorts of horrible shit. Yeah. He thought all sorts of horrible shit. Yeah. But what did he do? He emancipated the slaves. Right. Um, Gandhi, freak show. Yeah. He taught Dr. King how to build a movement based on nonviolence. Correct. So I, I think I think we need to um, distill the, the the value and the principle in those in those people and those statues that represent the value right. more than the person. Do you, do you buy that? Uh, yes, I do. Again, if we if we we can add a personal hero of mine, Malcolm X. Uh, criminal the whole time, like a lot before he changed. If he dies at that moment, like fresh out of jail, now his life doesn't have value, or it, because he didn't and he died a little bit later, right? Murdered, not died. So now does his life prior to that have no value? So no, that's not the case. Me, I can't, I, I cannot be <laughs> intellectually honest if I say, yeah, if the person's flawed, get rid of them. I can't. I, I use the Constitution. I use the Bill of Rights. These dudes, a lot of them, not all of them, Thomas Paine didn't own people. I was like, fuck no, bro, I'm not doing that, right? I'm a contradiction if I say that people are above redemption. And like all of your belief systems, like people that believe in like religion, like the whole Jesus thing, like, yo, the whole thing was like, hey, you could like be cool. Like Jesus was with the criminals, the bad guys. Like the story goes is like Mary Magdalene was like the prostitute. Like, I mean, she's a sex worker. I don't think it's wrong, but it's like, yo, that's her body, whatever. But in that story, like she's the bad person. I cannot like the prodigal son, like these are, you know, so many history and spiritual references are littered with stories of redemption. Rocky, the whole damn series is about like the underdog, then he wins, then he gets comfortable as the champ, then he gets his ass whipped, cause then another guy, and then he fight, gets his thing back together and he went, like every story is about redemption. So I do buy that. And, and the other thing is while we're talking about these statues <laughs> and these symbols, right, wrong or indifferent, wherever you stay on it, and a lot of my, my folks that's down with Black Lives Matter, the organization, not the movement. I'm down with Black Lives Matter as a movement. I know what that, what that organization has been co-opted into as well. With that being the case, while we're talking about these statues, oh, police reform, criminal, you know, criminal justice reform, cool, I hear you, and I agree. The state is doing things and has been given financial incentive to keep oppression and tyranny growing. But while we're talking about that and talking about which statues we're going to get next, symbolism, only one state has ended qualified immunity, Colorado. One. Last I checked, it was like over 50 of these fucking states. And it's like, you're talking about getting cancel culture of Gandhi and Dr. King and his, his merit. He, there was a rumor that he cheated on Betty and I don't give a fuck about none of that. He's given up his life, which is more to freedom which is more of a commitment than any of us have currently done, if you're alive. But qualified immunity in police unions, and Breonna Taylor was murdered by law enforcement in her home. Her boyfriend defended that home. We're talking about all of this, and the police department voted, they just got an additional $750,000.
fuck your symbols in regards to that. All of them, including fuck talking about getting Frederick Douglass statue back up. And I love Frederick Douglass. That is paling in comparison to the actual policy. One fucking state. Everybody's painting fucking Black Lives Matter on. Yeah, because that's what the fuck we need. But these are the same people that was bitching about the symbolism about when Kaepernick took a knee. And it's, it's, or you were in alignment with it. I'm just telling you that the symbols pale in comparison to the substance. If I switched and just went extreme left or extreme right, my um, celebrity would go through the fucking roof. I'm aware of that. It would be like, this guy's the fuck, he's Gandhi again, right? But I can't, and I'm not going to. Because there's a nuanced, balanced approach to liberty that Americans actually need. Not another pundit screaming for this symbolism on both sides. So that's my view on it. Like, no, them symbols, they, and I get you. Let's have that conversation about symbols, though, after we deal with some of these issues like police unions and fucking teacher unions and like freeing up some of these teachers to actually teach our children about liberty and getting some of this shit trades and fucking like our bridges are fucking falling apart around the country. Like, maybe we should worry about some architecture and some infrastructure. Let's, let's free up our, our teachers and stuff to do stuff like that. And the other list of things that are more in alignment with substance as opposed to just the symbol of like, all right, fuck it. Put the Rizzo statue back up if we can end qualified immunity or get rid of the fucking police I'd, union. I'd take and, that deal. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm cool with that. Put Rizzo back up. We'll add a little placard next to him, but we end qualified immunity in Pennsylvania. Is that fair to everybody? Like, you know what I'm saying? So we're at the, um, um, you remind me of something that I didn't realize until you just said what you said. Uh, we're at the Libertarian Convention. The Libertarian nominee, Joe Jorgensen, gave a speech this morning, and I realized that there was 100% substance. Mm -hmm. Zero tribalism, zero symbolism. Um, it, was, it was almost a wonky presentation of, of how we have to dismantle all of these oppressive government programs. And she went through, she went through the police state and she went through the war state and she went through the, the healthcare system that is completely screwed up by government. Um, it, the question is, are, are the American people wanting substance? Are we being naive to think that, that people are gonna get past the, the symbolism and say, yeah, we could, we could actually fix that problem? My, my belief wants me to say yes. I try to back that belief, because belief ain't knowledge. I try to back that belief up with the amount of people that are um, across the nation are identifying as independent. So many people are libertarian in, in theory and practice, but they aren't in the party, right? So I back that belief up with that knowledge, that data. My knowledge goes, Maj, you got your voting fraud aside, because I believe it was there in Philadelphia as well, you got your ad, you campaigned better than like everybody in Philly. They had cool videos, you know, it was like, oh man, this guy fucking gets it, right? It was on television, I had a commercial, ooh, right? But I got my ass kicked. I th so it's a balance, it's the people are ready, the propaganda machine is just more powerful right now. 
And that's somewhat to our doing. This is going to sound arrogant, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant. I'm good at making liberty look cool as fuck. I understand PR. Not just public relations, perception creating reality. You know what I'm saying? I got a really cool car out there. Like, I'm, I, it's a rental. Everyone knows it's on Orlando. I don't live in Orlando. It's a rental. But I was like, God damn it, Maj, that's a really cool car. Attraction. The modern Bernays and that PR movement, it works. That's why the left uses it so well. Because they can have no substance and win <laughs> with symbolism. So yes, I do think that the people are ready. I think that we haven't collectively, as people that are about liberty and freedom, um, haven't made liberty as cool nationally. Yeah. So she gives her presentation this morning. It is facts. You know why Donald Trump's the president? Because he's an entertainer. Donald Trump is entertaining as fuck. When he did the little mini mic thing, oh, get me off this stage. I was there. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And he's genuine. Is he an asshole? Yep. If I was like a billionaire for like 40 years, I might be a bit of an asshole. <laughs> but it's entertaining and it's who he is. Yeah. Our genuine nature, because we've um, felt like we didn't want to, again, that freedom thing. We don't want to make too big of a print so we don't push our way around. Stupid people, and I'm not saying anyone's stupid, but stupid people are very brash and confident. Smart people are smart a lot of times because they wait and are quiet and watch and get all of that. They're scientists. Meanwhile, while you're doing actual facts, the stupid person is in front of the camera going, hey, everybody, look at me, and they're gaining the popularity. So are the people ready for it? Yes. Are they going in that direction based on how they're genuinely identifying? Yes. But are they confident enough or have they felt confident enough in liberty candidates to get behind them? The closest that I saw um, on a state level uh, was Larry Sharp. Like he got ballot access for New York. Like I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? And he got on the urban stations, Hot 97, da da da. And it's like, he's sound. And he's like, yeah, I'm me. I don't, you know, cool. You don't have to, his position on like border security. He's like, yeah, a lot of libertarians are like open borders, not me. And that's fair, you know. Um, so it's our fault. And I say it's our fault based on what we can control. It's our fault when you have cool ass fucking like libertarians running for office like myself, when I did, I, and I, maybe I'm biased. I believe the whole party should have been like, get, go, 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 go. You know, and you know, that purist thing and the disagreement kicks in. So on that level, it's our fault. But that doesn't like absolve the duopoly and the state from their deliberate attempts to make us not the super viable third party option. That don't absolve them of that. They are doing things to deliberately, as the government does, to deliberately make sure that don't make the libertarians look crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the mechanics and, and the duopoly keeps changing the rules that, that 
and, and I think that was part of what happened to you in Philadelphia yeah. is just the the machine was was gamed against you. They dropped a quarter of a million dollars for poll, polling people the week of the election. I raised seventy thousand dollars the three months, right? They dropped a quarter of a million dollars. When I heard that, I was like, oh man, a quarter of a million dollars to hire people to work the polls. Now, imagine if the libertarian movement had cool billionaires that was like, bing, 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 and they weren't, the donors weren't giving shit to cool candidates. So I just had that, my bad for cutting you, but I had to like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that machine, the game to a certain extent is rigged. I needed, needed 3,000 signatures to even get on the ballot. Republicans and Democrats needed like a, a thousand. There's no infrastructure on a lower level, you know, and that's by design. So again, that doesn't absolve them of their involvement in making it that way, which is a direct contradiction to the guys that created the country. Yeah. Hey guys, don't do the whole two party thing. Hey, as I'm dying, George Washington, hey guys, no parties. Soon as he fucking dies, party time. And it's like, no, you know, and so, but when you inform people from a cool and simple way, they become more and more ready to get behind a candidate. So I, I like, um, I like that approach because you're, you're basically saying, you know, Trump's an entertainer, he's an influencer, he, he actually beat the Republican Party at their own game. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing. We need more infrastructure, we need more money, and we need better, cooler candidates who can communicate to a broader audience, and, and you can't attract one without the other. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the communicators. I think it's the storytelling that breaks up the other thing. Mm. And that's, that's why we do what we do. That's why you do what you do. Um, and I think it's just a, it's a matter of time because everything else in our life, the top-down, one-size-fits-all system has fallen apart. Yeah. The, the corporate culture, and the media culture and top-down, one-size-fits-all education, it's all falling apart. We still have this, this top-down, one-size-fits-all, two-party duopoly. So I think, I think it's gonna happen, yeah. but I don't think it happens from the inside. I think it happens by community. I don't even think politics does it. I think it's gotta be the culture. story. And the, yeah. let's, let's make liberty cool. Right, it's, it's, what I learned from getting beat up in that city council run was, I put the cart before the horse. Oh, I have all these great ideas and the hood love me and great. You'll get a good strong turnout of first time voters. And I did, right? Meaning the amount of people that voted for me. You'll get people involved in the political process. Those are the wins for me. Like it was 80% Democrat and we had no infrastructure. I'm like, bro, like this is Rocky lost the first fight. Like he, that's what happens in the matrix. Everybody falls the first time, whatever. The thing that I learned was, oh, I'd actually have more impact. I could get, and that's the new goal. Let's get 50,000 people in Philly, 25,000 from the Republican Party, 25,000 from the Democrat Party, to now become libertarians. And then, you know, like Nick Sarwark said on uh, Dave Smith's uh, show, now make that 50,000 people in Philadelphia, or whatever city that you're in, make them now vote for the candidate. That's it. You've, you, that is the infrastructure. Republicans were calling, Republicans try to flip me all the time. Come over here, man, fucking, what are you doing? Come over here. Nah, man, y'all like statists. 
you actually identify, that's the reason why you want me to come over there, because of how I am. You actually should come over here, like Justin did. If, if your party was different, then I would understand, yeah, okay. But it's that duopoly. Saying that to say, we didn't create the base first. Now it's like, oh, I got two years to create that base. Make the base. Explain this in the classes. This is why this is important. And you'd be surprised, you wouldn't, but the general public would be surprised how many people are like, yeah, this feels more like where I'm at. This is why most people, a lot of people across the country are going, yeah, to even the, the knee-jerk statement is, yeah, I don't involve in politics, because you're like, this is bullshit. But when you have people on a local, state, and federal level, it's like, nah, bro, we're not playing that game, we're playing it this liberty way. More people go, okay. And like you said, the translators, I'm gonna try to link up with her while I'm here to lend some of my cool factor to her campaign. Because it makes sense. But if you can't out-cool the left or the right, quote unquote, I'm just saying these interchangeable whatevers. And like I said last night, I don't think that a lot of us, um, we notice intrinsically, but I think a lot of us libertarians are afraid because now you become the threat. I'm cool with getting fucking shot at for what I believe in. This is it. I didn't expect to be alive this long. I'm like, fuck, I'm still here. I got a fucking cool car outside. It's sunny, right? Then you got to look in yourself and go like, okay, when you come up, become an actual threat. All of their things, this is another thing about Trump. Say what you want about dude. There's a lot of people gunning for him. Give a fuck what you say. It's like he's like up against like Hollywood. Like, you know what I mean? But he's... Continue. Do you have the internal fortitude to when they come and go, here's a bag of money to switch? Right. You know what I mean? Or the example I always give of uh, Winnie Mandela. When uh, Nelson was in jail and she was still fighting the apartheid in South Africa, they kidnapped her daughter. And they were like, we're gonna fucking kill your daughter if you don't stop. Winnie Mandela was like, kill her. That one body can't stop the overall thing. And they let the daughter go. It's like, okay, like you have to have a certain level of conviction as a libertarian, and you're not gonna be the coolest and smartest in the room anymore because it's gonna be a lot more people and it's a bigger pond. You gotta be confident in that shit. You gotta get money now. You can't just be smart and actually, like that shit won't work. That like fucking cold red Mountain Dew in the basement shit, you gotta step it up. When I go to CPAC, I gotta like put on a fucking suit. I gotta be the smoothest, coolest, well-dressed dude in the room because I'm gonna say things that are gonna challenge that conservative room. I love y'all, but I have to challenge you. This place is called the Reagan Dinner. Was Reagan as conservative as we would like him to be? Love y'all though. So we have to be able to step up into that and we are a threat already. Now you gotta get fucking rich and you gotta highlight and get behind. There is going to be an concentrated attempt to try to make Thomas Massey not be in his seat. Every libertarian watching this needs to donate some money to his campaign. They should 
the liberty-based principled people should be living like, and I don't mean like living, selling, you know, using the money for the wrong thing, but meaning like they should live like rock stars, like the people have me because I have the people. That's the challenge for libertarians to actually, and we, we only, what, 40, 50 years old? When is it, 1971? The Republican and Democratic Party, it was like here like since America, like hundreds of years. So if we this close, and like the party's like long, younger than some people's dad, come on dudes, like push. But then you gotta really ask yourself, is you about that action? I'm about that action, I don't give a fuck. I will argue, I will fight. The founding fathers were about that action. We, they know what the fuck was gonna happen to them if they lost. Yo, you're gonna like hang. They're like, yeah, bro, we gotta kinda like, and these weren't like rocket scientists, rich dudes. They're like bakers and shit, <laughs> like fucking blacksmiths. All right, I'm a seamstress, like what the fuck? These dudes knew what it was, and as much as we talk this 4th of July America shit, being a bitch is un-American. Stop being a bitch. Know that the powers that be, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, yeah, they coming. All right, fuck it. So let them come, or they'll go, all right, we, they, they not bending. Come, just like Winnie Mandela. Okay, you got a killer? Killer. Ah, uh, shit doesn't work. Fear works better when I can make you believe that I'm going to do something to you, even if I'm, I don't even have the power to do it. If I can bluff you, I can beat you. That's poker 101, you know? And so that's where we have to be very self-critical as libertarians. Get in the party. Get in the fucking party. Argue in the party and execute the mission, you know? And that's not me saying that because I have no dog in this fight. I, none of these people, like, pay me. Nobody paid me to come here. I paid for myself to come here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just know that we have a tremendous opportunity right now and yes, the people, the American people are starving for that, but you gotta, you can't like give them the goop. Like you gotta like make the plate look very appealing. Unfortunately, cool, whatever, that's the boat that we're in right now. Coal is more important than diamonds. Fortunately, unfortunately, like people like diamonds now. Let me show you the diamond first and get you back to the coal. And that's all. Let's let's leave it there. I didn't know we were going to do a whole show, but yeah. we just did it. Yeah. And this has been awesome. No doubt. I appreciate Thanks, you, my brother. Appreciate it. For sure. Thanks for watching Kibbe on Liberty. By now, you know this is the most important event of your week. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Click the little bell so you get notifications. Kibbe on Liberty, mostly honest conversations with mostly interesting people.